Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1233 in Edmonton. Make that 1234. It's Brendan Escott here with Cody Jansen. It is Oilers Now for your friends at Digitex. We're going to chat with our headliner today. It is Jason Bell back on the show from the Winnipeg Free Press. Our headliner brought to you each day by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Jason, you're on with Brendan. How's it going today? Real good headliner. Holy smokes. Hey. You must, must have been like shut out in every other NHL market to end up with me. Okay, well, I will say it's August 25th. I'll also say that I always look forward to chatting with you about the Jets when I get the chats. So welcome back to the show. I appreciate that. I hope you and all your listeners are healthy and safe as we struggle, continue to struggle through this nationwide. Yeah, laboring uh, to the finish line, to say the least. Now, last year, of course, deeply impacted by the pandemic. But nevertheless, the Jets go 28, 22, and 3. They finish up third in the north and then ultimately end up sweeping the Oilers right out of the playoffs there. So let's rewind the clock, Jason, and just get your thoughts on the Jets' season last year year and sort of what led to uh, maybe a bit of an overhaul certainly on the back end in this offseason well it was a it was a club that obviously was built uh, on solid goaltending from Connor Hellebuck who is a sort of a perennial Vezina caliber goaltender and has of course won it a couple of years ago and and they also score a whole lot of goals up front but this is a team that has struggled defensively for two years now and uh, two seasons now after they had that big exodus uh, you'll recall with Truba going Bufflin going Myers going Sherratt going and yet they they struggled uh, struggled through defensively last year and, and and really limped into the playoffs and and please don't shoot the messenger I just reported on it but they they, they swept uh, swept your guys right uh, right right out of the playoffs last year and what they did was they were able to to probably tighten up as, as well defensively as they'd done all season long the truncated season and and really did a great job of shutting down uh, uh, McDavid and Drysaddle which is no easy feat. Uh, of course, then they they move into Montreal and then get shut up and get swept themselves. So it was they did something very odd. They played eight playoff games in two series, which doesn't happen very often, and uh, and certainly felt like over the uh, the off season, Kevin Shoveldale, the general manager, and his staff, there was definitely changes needed to be made. I mean, the defense needed to be shored up. Again, as I said, they can only put so much emphasis on Connor Hellebuck to do the job and to outscore teams. Uh, they really needed to to do a job. Uh, strengthening and solidifying that back end and it certainly looks like they did well you could certainly see the lack of offensive production as soon as Shifley uh, left that Montreal series it really fizzled away from there but you know against the Oilers I I just can't look past the performance of Neil Pionk in that series even towards the end of the season against Edmonton and what he was able to do but I kind of got the sense that 
they were worried about not having much more beyond Neil Pionk and his abilities there. It was, And so you see the additions of Nate Schmidt and you see Brendan Dillon coming over and, and they get Pionk re-signed. And, uh, it, I mean, it's probably as talented a back end as they've had in, in you know five or so years now. And that's saying something considering how strong it was when Dustin Bufflin was, was at the pinnacle of it all. Well, certainly they'd like to be able to replicate what they were able to do in Bufflin and, and Tyler Myers and Schrott and, and Jacob Truba were, were sort of in their prime that year in 2018 when, when they made the big splash and went to the Western Conference Final. But, uh, you know, you're right. I mean, Neil Pionk, they've just, they re-upped him to four years, just shy of $6 million a year this year, and that's a huge piece. Um, he was, he's been a, a complete another revelation since he came over in the Truba trade. I don't think anybody thought that he was going to do what he's been able to do put up numbers and play in every situation and 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 for a guy that's not like blessed with massive size plays a pretty darn gritty game and blocks a whole ton of shots and so they're looking for a ton of leadership from him they're looking for Josh Morrissey you know an Alberta kid to have a bounce back season I think Josh's situation in the last couple of years is that he's taken so much responsibility on and 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 I think it's wore on a bit and and sadly um, he's had some situations off the ice with the loss of a family member and that's that's weighed on him and I think think that there's 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 room for, there's so much room for Josh to do well and, and I think he will and he's so much you know he's beloved in the city and beloved in the organization and then you add a guy like Nate Schmidt who did, didn't work in Vancouver but it worked wonders in in uh, in Vegas and then you throw up a guy like Brandon Dillon who brings a whole lot of size and grit and is not unlike the kind of player that the Jets had all kinds of trouble against in, in Montreal when they were running up against the likes of you know, of, of Edmondson and, and, and Sherrod and Gustafson in that in that series and just could not penetrate the front of Montreal's net and and, and teams had all kinds of <laughs> easy easy days against Winnipeg, so they've really tried to to solidify that with uh, with the additions of Brendan Dillon and Nate Schmidt and hopefully a guy like um, Logan Stanley, who's massive. I mean, you, you've, you've seen him. You know how big he is. He scored a couple of goals in the playoffs, and you know they, they inked him to his first uh, his the first deal after an entry level deal, and he's going to be a big part of that defense as well. So, with Connor, Connor Hellbuck out and a, and, a, and a much improved back end and the scoring, this is a, a pretty pretty good looking club going into the uh, the traditional Central Division. Chatting with Jason Bell out of the Winnipeg uh, Free Press, and I, I wonder the leadership qualities of of Brendan Dillon in particular, but also Nate Schmidt, and adding to an otherwise really young back end. I think that was probably a pretty important factor in in Kevin Chevelday on bringing them into Winnipeg. Is that fair to say? For sure, and and also, you know, it was going to be tough for Kevin Shovel Day off in, in this market to to really throw around a whole lot of money at the free agency at the, at the free when free agency opened. So he did it by way of trades, and that was uh, a very interesting, unique way of, of improving your club um, uh, in, without having to get into bidding wars. So he, I mean, he's paying a lot of money for these guys, but uh, you know, these are guys that are under contract and, and are ready to go and have a lot of miles on them, but good miles, and have, have performed admirably in in other cities, and and will definitely. I mean, Nate Schmidt, I mean, they just, people talk glowingly about what this guy's like in the dressing room, and I've talked to him in the visitor's room, and I mean, he's a blast, right? So it's it's it's, it's quite it's quite interesting to see uh, how it all shakes out. And then and just another late pick, they picked up a Riley Nash, who's got, is a much-traveled veteran, but has got, got some grit as well, and he's going to play probably center or fourth line, so... They've added character guys, and, and uh, you know, you can never have enough of those. 
You mentioned that we're headed back to the normal divisional layout this year. Do you think that the North was maybe a little bit of an easier go last season? And, and conversely, how do you think that the Jets will stack up going to a central division, which uh, projects to be a lot stronger? Well, I mean, the All-Canadian Division was a whole lot of fun, wasn't it? But it's back to reality, the traditional format. And, I mean, I don't I don't know what – other than everybody probably get, gaining a whole lot more contempt for the Kachuk brothers. I mean, what <laughs> what, what else was what else accomplished? It was fun. It was a one-off. But now they're back into what I think really is a division of death. And I think you look at uh, – St. Louis is still very strong, obviously. Winnipeg is strong. Nashville is in a bit of a rebuild. Um, but Colorado is just – they're monstrous, obviously, and Arizona is probably you know they're, they they'd like to say they're they're making some improvements. I think Chicago is a much improved hockey club, and I think I'm missing something. Minnesota, of course, is always there, and Minnesota you know had a real good season last year, so it's a it's a tough division, and and you know to, to, to try and pick who's bound for the playoffs out of that division is would be folly because it's it's going to be tough to to really predict what happens. I think there's going to be a real good team that does not make the playoffs this year out of the Central. The Oilers add Duncan Keith, which would be a, a player that you've watched play against Winnipeg for a few years now. And while we can't possibly expect 2013's form, what can we expect out of a guy who I think is, his role is going to be that of puck mover, but also try and make this team a little more difficult to play against? I think you said it. I think he's going to be he's going to be a little bit rejuvenated there. I, I know he will be, and and uh, I think the, that the offensive numbers are still going to be there for a guy like Duncan Keith. And boy, what a character guy to have in the room—a guy that knows how to win, who's done it all. So. Um, I, I love this. I, you know, I love the move for Edmonton to, to to make that move. And you know, he's got some. He's got a bit of a family tie to Winnipeg, and there was some some wonder if maybe he would have come this way. But um, you know, the numbers didn't shake out. The Jets have been in cap trouble for a while, so it didn't didn't quite work out. But I think I think that Mark is going to really like that player a whole lot. Here, Luke Dubois, as we chat with Jason Bell from the Winnipeg Free Press, I think it's uh, suffice to say he disappointed last year after coming over in that Patrick Laine trade from Columbus. Uh, just 20 points in 41 games. They've got him playing left wing right now. I can't imagine that was the long-term vision when they acquired this player, but they do still have the luxury of Paul Stastny right now to play down the middle. Uh, where do you see his game coming into this season? Does he have something to prove to this franchise right now, uh, you know, in order to, I don't want to say that he's in the doghouse, but that is a pretty significant drop-off and where I would have expected his performance to be. Well, he's got to prove himself to everybody, and in, in particular, the guy that he stares at in the mirror. Um, you know, this is a guy that you know, when he left Columbus, I mean, he left with everybody watching that video of him coasting around for a minute and a half and doing absolutely nothing. And, and that was his way of saying, I'm out. And for a young player to do that, it was I thought it was maybe the wrong approach, um, but anyway, he he certainly played himself off that team. But it's hard to it's hard to say that the Jets actually lost that trade because, of course, you know Patrick Liney did absolutely nothing in Columbus as well and wasn't didn't look like much of a fit there and is probably looking for 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 some new life uh, this season in, in a Columbus jersey. Jack Rosovic had a good start but kind of tailed off towards the end. So, but you're right. I mean Pierre Luc Dubois. Started with a flash in Winnipeg. He scored an overtime goal and he helped out a bit. And then he ended up finishing with, I think, maybe 20 points in 
in 40 games or something, and, and you know, he only had three assists and a goal in the playoffs. And, you know, for a guy that is 6'3", 225 pounds, I mean, that's hard for a guy to be invisible at that size. And he was invisible on so many nights, including the playoffs when it was kind of like people were saying, okay, now he's going to do it. Okay, okay, they got through Edmonton. Now he's going to play well against Montreal. And it never happened. Like, he just was a fish out of water. And so I think people are willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Go home, have a great summer. You know, work your tail off in the gym at home or wherever you work out. Get on the ice. Come into training camp like like on you know in Gangbusters and play like the guy that played so well against Toronto in the playoffs a year year and a half ago, two years ago, because the, the guy is dripping with talent and and it doesn't look like when you talk to him it it seems like the try factor is is at least he's talking right. It just doesn't seem to translate on the ice. And I wonder why not. I mean, his dad is part of this organization, and I don't know if that adds too much pressure or not. I mean, Adam Lowry's playing well, and his dad's sitting standing behind the bench and Dave Lowry. So I think everybody is – PLD, Pierre-Luc Dubois is a real wild card in this season. I mean, if he plays well, I mean, it, it's, like, it's like acquiring a guy at the trade deadline. I mean, because he was – wasn't any kind of a factor last year. And I see him playing up the middle. I really do. But they do have they do have Paul Stasny and the other the other sort of interesting addition is is Cole Perfetti is in the mix. I mean, this is a guy that they loved drafting last year and he had a great year in the AHL. He would have gone back to junior if he could have, but he played in the A. So um the Jets have like four you could almost argue the Jets have four you know, centers that could play in your top two lines if Cole Perfetti is ready and Pierre-Luc Dubois plays well and, and, and you've got a little bit of a Paul Stasny, some left in the tank. So it's interesting. It, it will be. And again, I say, I don't know that that was the long-term vision. I'm, I'm sure that it wasn't. But when you look at the, uh, their, who they drafted recently, and I, I look at Chaz Lucius as well. Now, what? it's not going to be this year, but, you know, maybe a two or, or three years down the road. That's also part of the bigger picture. Uh, getting a top 10 talent there with the, uh, God, the 18th overall 18th, selection. Well, 17th technically. 18th technically but 17th without the Coyotes. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think any you could you could go 20 or 30 or 40 draft predictions predictors and most of them had him, you know, certainly no higher than 12th. And uh, so, I mean, I, I have to be honest, I didn't know much about this kid, but he, we were impressed with him when he spoke with us after and you know, you know, a guy like Craig Button just raves about this guy and what he's going to do and he's going to go to University of Minnesota and, and probably have a great career there and maybe it'll be short, he'll turn pro early, who knows, but they're they're thrilled with that pick as they were thrilled with Cole Perfetti. So. I think they probably got the best name in the draft in picking Chaz Lucius as well. I just want to point that out. The luscious one. Yeah, he's yeah. already been called that, yeah. Uh, so let's, let's key in uh, as we chat with Jason Bell here. A couple more questions for a man from the Winnipeg Free Press. Asking a lot, in my opinion, of Connor Hellebuck going back to an 82-game season with only Eric Comrie behind him. Now, I know that this is a player, obviously, in Comrie that is familiar to the Jets organization. Also, the last time he suited up there, you know, it's it's not necessarily gone well over his career, which has now bounced around the NHL. So they bring him in to fill what, I guess, Laurent Brassois had been the last couple of years, but this isn't exactly a nice contingency plan if Hellebuck, for whatever reason, either underperforms or gets injured. No, I mean, you know, Eric nicest guy in the NHL. I think very few people would argue about that. He's just, just he's just a just a the, just a terrific fellow. And but it's it's funny. It's been like the, I wouldn't say it's love hate, but it's like they've split up and they've they've got together and split up about 17 times. This organization and Eric Comrie, and now they finally settled on him because 
uh, and I mean no disrespect to him, but you know they're they're kind of out of options because they just didn't have any money to spend on the backup goaltending position with the way the cap money went. Laurent Bassois took uh, you know jumped to Vegas, and so they went with the cheapest way they could go in Eric Comrie at, at the basically the minimum, and and uh, and they know the player, they live always like the player, and now they've they've committed to him. But that, I mean that also means that he's he's had no no track record of success in the NHL, and that means that Connor Hellebuck is going to play. 68 hockey games probably and which he might have played anyway he might have played with Laurent Bossois with 60 his regular 65 to 68 the the the, the problem is, is you can, Eric Comrie can't just go in and, and, and fail miserably every time he goes out because those are valuable, valuable points. I mean, you need a, a backup that is, that, that's going to go out there and, I don't know, at least be 500. And and, and they got that and more out of Laurent Bassois. So those are valuable, valuable points. You can't just give those points away. And so he's got some pressure on him. I mean, Eric Comrie, they've said, here it is. You got a job now. He, Eric Comrie's had to go into camp and win the backup job three or four different times and he's failed every time they're giving it to him on a silver platter this year so <laughs> we'll see how that changes the uh, mentality coming in it could well be inspiration for him to seize seize the opportunity finally have that there and well and i don't i don't really hope for these things to occur for any player I, we all try and keep keep a fairly uh, objective outlook but i mean he really is a terrific guy who's worked so darn off uh, darn hard off and on and off the ice and uh, it would be nice to see that he pulls it together uh, and, uh, and and performs admirably for this club. And it wasn't too long ago he was a pretty studly goaltender for the World Junior Team as I recall. And um, just re- tremendous success in the AHL too and but mm-hmm. uh, nothing it, again as I say it hasn't exactly uh, you know shone through in the in the in the big league. Well, maybe that's where we'll end things because I do want to just get your thoughts on what the Manitoba Moose and that farm system has meant to the Jets in in the sense that I I look at, you know, you lost Mason Appleton, but there's Andrew Kopp there. There's Jansen Harkins. There's there's always guys that are coming out of this system. Logan Stanley, Josh Morrissey, all homegrown talents. That There's got to be something positive to be said about the the development track that, that goes on in Winnipeg. I don't know whether proximity to the Jets program has uh, maybe more to do with that. But what what is your take on on why they're able to produce so much NHL caliber talent, even if it is just to round out those those you know bottom six roster spots? Well, there's no question they've had terrific uh, terrific uh, fortune at the, at the draft, um, and really at a small market team like ours, not unlike yours. I mean, you you build through draft and develop because you're not going to be wooing a whole lot of free agents your way and. And the Winnipeg would be on a lot of a lot of guys no trade list. So you better make sure that you're drafting right because you wanna you wanna build your own guys and develop your own guys and have them slot in and have them stick around. Now Mason Appleton, you're right. I mean I just wrote I just had a great talk with Mason two or three days ago and he is the epitome of what you'd call that that draft Naval poster boy because he, he gets picked in the sixth round of two thousand fifteen. He plays one more year down south and then goes to college and then they watch him there for a few years he comes plays and is the AHL player the rookie of the year and he comes into Winnipeg and has just been his you know his he's had this ascension to to a, a really important role on the third line that can still score so I think they're going to really really like him in Seattle there's just no way the Jets could protect him it's the way that they that it shook out but to your point I mean they've, they've done this with several players Jansen Harkin is next I mean Jansen Harkin didn't you know has really gained a, a reputation in the AHL and, and is now, it's kind of the NHL or bust for him right now. He's got an opportunity with no Mason Appleton to, to, to get an, 
a full-time job with Winnipeg and Logan Stanley was the same way when he was picked in the same draft as as Patrick Liney. I mean, he was a project. I think everybody would agree. I mean, he was huge, but he couldn't skate. And 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 now I think he he had a pretty good season last year. And I thought he was real good in the playoffs. And he's going to pencil in, and probably the top six or maybe get squeezed out. But I think he's still there this year. So. Um, to your point, it's it's kind of a cool thing to have these guys right right underfoot, as it were. They're in the same city. They've got Mar, um, Mark Chipman and, and uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff and, and Paul Maurice and the rest of the group can sit right there and watch every game. And if you go know your bosses are watching you every night uh, from the big club, boy, you've got a lot of incentive to play a lot better. But uh, they've drafted well. They're developing well. They've got Jimmy Roy and Mike Keane in the organization. And, wow, I mean, these are, these are great hockey people. So it's yeah, they've done well in that regard. And they have to because that's the way to go for this for this market. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And like you said, not uh, not too dissimilar to what we see here in Edmonton. It's always a blast to have you on the show, Jason. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Anytime uh, you enjoy the rest of your summer. Absolutely. You as well. That's Jason Bell from the Winnipeg Free Press. Try and get him on once a year or so and get a different perspective on uh, our neighbors to the east, the Jets, who are, uh, well, they're going tough in that central division this year, as you just heard. We'll come back on Oilers now after I tell you that the show, well, some gifts of it, receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Brendan Escott, Cody Jansen here back in a moment. Just heard from Jason Bell out of Winnipeg. Coming up after the 1 o'clock news, we'll head down to the Oilers farm system, talk with their play-by-play voice, Ryan Holt, on uh, what's gone on this offseason, the success of last year, whether some of these fringe Oilers prospects may be ready to make the jump in training camp. All that coming up very shortly. But i got to tell you first, like, don't you agree we all deserve a holiday after the year that we've had? New West Travel has a special VIP trip down to Vancouver. You can take a loved one and join New West Travel on a three-night getaway to spectacular Vancouver, BC. New West Travel's package includes airfare and a private WestJet charter with complimentary open bar and meals departing from private terminals. Three nights in a deluxe four-star hotel, all for just $699. Visit Stanley Park, stroll the beaches, shop, or dine in the beautiful waterfront city. You need a holiday this September. Space is limited though, so call New West Travel or go online to newwesttravel.com. Excited to hear some expanded thoughts on Dylan Holloway as well. Later on in hour two, as we connect uh, with Todd Molesky out of the Wisconsin State Journal. So uh, reading uh, Kurt Levin's piece in the Edmonton Journal, surprised to see that he thought that there was a chance for Holloway to crack this Oilers squad out of camp. Now, he did go on to say that he figures that Holloway will begin the season in the American League. But an interesting perspective, and that is a good sign, as I've been saying all along, to have internal competition for roster spots. So when I look at that fourth-line center position or fourth-line left wing, if you're adding Holloway into the mix, that's a good thing. Here's why I'm excited to hear from Todd, is that our sample size, at least me personally, of Holloway, isn't exactly that great. We've seen him World Juniors, couple of college games on TV, but this is someone who's seen his development over a couple of years at Wisconsin. He's around him a lot more often to see his leadership qualities. What does he practice like? How is he around his teammates? Things like that that we don't 
you know, get to see her up here in Edmonton. That, you know, of course, the general managers, coaching staff, and scouts all know about, but we're going to try and pry some of that information out onto the airwaves here for you. That's our role in this whole operation. And uh, that'll come up at about 1.45. We're going to try and connect with uh, Todd Molesky. In the meantime, we'll send it off to Kevin Robertson for a global news weather and traffic update. And then we're off to Bakersfield with Ryan Holt on the other side. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.